strap in and get set because we're in the end game now. Join us in part seven of eight of our rundown series. Today, the AFC North is our focus. Every single game, every single outcome, right here on Beyond the Blitz. morning afternoon or evening ladies and gentlemen the blitz crew back at it as always brandon wells justin rogers and today we resume our rundown series we only have one episode left we are in the north now with the pittsburgh steelers baltimore ravens cleveland browns and the cincinnati Bengals. how will every single team fare and where will they see come playoff time but of course, up first, as always, we have our five NFL lead headliners. What's going around the NFL today? Let's find out. Following our high hopes last week for fans in the stands come season start, the Hall of Fame game between the Cowboys and Steelers will most likely not have any fans in attendance, as well as the induction ceremony following Ohio Governor Mike DeWine's request. Justin, what do you think about this? I think this stems really from a lot of the news we've been hearing about NFL players with COVID cases such as Ezekiel Elliott and some Texans players, especially because the Cowboys are the team that are playing in this Hall of Fame game. To me, it makes sense that you're not going to have fans in the stands because you have players like Ezekiel Elliott. Now, that's not the biggest thing. Again, because players like Ezekiel Elliott have COVID, we might not see this game played at all, to be honest with you. But as far as fans in the stands go, I mean, it, again, it just depends state to state. I mean, we're hearing a lot right now for some states that they're starting to go into phase two and they're starting to open up a little bit more. Again, not to the point of having fans in stands. It, it just depends right now where we're seeing COVID go. And again, like we said, like it really saddens both of us really that we might not have fans in the stands. Hopefully that's only for the preseason. And then by the regular season start, we could have that. But again, it all depends because we see all these players getting COVID. We might not possibly see the season start until mid-September, end of September. It just all depends how we see COVID go. This is something I said a couple of weeks back, and that's that every single state is different. The way every single team is approaching the pandemic at this very moment is different. So some states may be completely open to fans in the stands come season start, and other teams may be completely shut down to it. However, it's unfair if you have some teams play with full stadiums and other teams play with empty stadiums. So if there's only one team in the league that has an empty stadium, I think every team needs to have an empty stadium. So it really needs to come together, and there needs to be one final decision on this and quite frankly i don't think that it all aligns for all 31 stadiums to be full come season start but you know there we still have a couple months to go so we'll see how everything plays out i personally don't think that there will be fans in the stands come season start and like you said maybe we'll have a delayed season which i would also be okay with as long as we still get the full action there will be a 2020 nfl season it's just what will it look like and that right now is the biggest question the Pro Bowl is officially moving from Orlando to Vegas this year after four years running down in Florida. How will it fare in the new stadium in Vegas? I think it just all depends whether that stadium is going to get finished or not. And at least from what I see, I think it is going to get finished because of all this time you have in COVID. But really, I think 
you know, there's a lot of things going into this. Again, like it depends on what COVID looks like. Again, COVID has to do with a lot of these decisions. Uh, has to do with a lot what COVID's looking like in Florida and with Florida opening up the floodgates. And then now I think they are kind of closing back up again. And it just all depends on that. But then you got to think about the NFL draft wasn't in Vegas. So then moving the Pro Bowl to there is saying basically to Vegas, hey, like we know you didn't have the NFL draft in Vegas because of COVID. Now we're going to allow you to have the Pro Bowl. But, you know, as you and I were talking before we started recording, uh, one of the biggest things I was saying was we might not even have a Pro Bowl depending on how bad COVID gets. I think that the Pro Bowl is one of the things that could be cut. It's the most expendable, even with preseason. I think with preseason, jobs are on the line. And with the Pro Bowl, only money is on the line. So that could be one of the things that's more of an accolade and less of a game. I mean, we'll see how the season goes. Also, you know, the Pro Bowl is something that could be played anywhere, say, Mexico. If they really want a Pro Bowl game in Mexico, it be like, yeah, we can have it down here. Why not move it down there for a season? This is a game that can easily be flexed anywhere you need it to be. So if you want to play it in some Little League football stadium down somewhere where it's allowed, I mean, why not move it down there? Let the players play a little bit. Philadelphia Eagles three-time Pro Bowl offensive guard Brandon Butts tore his Achilles this past week, which is what most likely is going to be a season-ending injury. How will this affect the Philadelphia Eagles offense this season? I think it's really going to impact the Philadelphia Eagles offense this season because Brandon Brooks is one of the best, if not the best, offensive linemen on their team. Now, he is a guard, and there's only a couple of effects that really a guard has. One, it's on the passing game with defensive tackles such such as Aaron Donald, who can really get to the passer. And that's really important because they have an injury-prone Carson Wentz on their team. But also the other aspect of that does have to do with Carson Wentz is because I thought this Eagles team was going to be more of a run-heavy team this season because Miles Sanders, he broke out last year. And he had a really good season. I wasn't going to be surprised if he got the most touches of a running back on that team. And I wasn't going to be surprised if he got top 10 touches in the league for running the football. And now with Brandon Brooks being out, maybe they're going to start going away from the running game and start going towards Carson Wentz again, which again might not be the best thing because then that's a higher chance of him getting injured. Again, you said he is a Pro Bowl guard for three years. This is really going to have an impact on their offense. Let's see who they bring in to replace him. But, you know, I think this is really going to impact the Philadelphia Eagles 2020 season. The Philadelphia Eagles have not gotten any better now for a couple of seasons. In my opinion, they're going down, down, down and losing what is arguably your best offensive lineman with an injury prone quarterback in the backfield and a young running back who he's an elusive running back, but he's not a power back. You know, this is going to hurt the Eagles offensive a lot. And I think that could come down to maybe even winning or losing a couple of games. San Francisco 49ers head coach Kyle Shanahan just signed a five-year extension after losing a yet another Super Bowl game. What do you think about Kyle Shanahan's signing here? I think this, to me as a fan and an analyst, it doesn't make that much sense to me from that perspective. But from the perspective of the 49ers, it does make all the sense in the world. I mean, this guy took this team from having what a top five pick in the NFL draft the year before to being a top five team in the NFL. When a head coach can do that, that really means a lot. And the 49ers also gave a contract extension to John Lynch, which really should have been a foreshadowing that they were going to give a contract extension to Kyle Shanahan as well, because really they are 
one of the best duos and pairs as far as a GM and a head coach go. And I wasn't surprised at all when they had this extension. But to me, I mean, you only have one successful year as a head coach in the NFL, Kyle Shanahan did, and that was last year. To me, if a player gets a contract extension or a coach gets a contract extension, it should be because you have success over time, not just because you have success in general. There are only five active head coaches in the NFL who have been with their respective teams for more than five years. So to already think that he's going to break that mold, I mean, that's a lot of weight to be put on a coach's shoulders who, quite frankly, hasn't proven anything. He's made it to two Super Bowls, yes. Amazing regular seasons, amazing postseasons. However, he cannot win under pressure, which, I mean, is something he can easily change or maybe not easily but it's something he could change moving forward but he's gonna have to prove that he can do that if he's going to earn his keep because he is now a top five highest paid head coach in the nfl i'm not sure if he deserves to be top five highest paid but he has now five years to prove all the haters wrong so let's see if shanahan can do that within the next five years and finally, our last points, collegiate athletes all over the nation will finally be able to profit from endorsements beginning next summer. And this is something we've seen pop up many times over the years where players are either getting really frustrated or getting in trouble by the NCAA for trying to reach out for these endorsements because you got these really big names. Why not make something of it? Yeah, I think when you look at a lot of these collegiate players, a lot of them, you know, I mean, you watch some of these documentaries that come out about some of these high school players going to college, they're coming from homes that aren't really the best and they have athletic success and they get these really big scholarships from colleges and that really helps out their parents. But one thing that we've seen from college players in the past, like Reggie Bush, who just got his 10 year ban from USC lifted because he accepted money to buy his parents a house because they didn't really have that much money back then when he played at USC. I mean, now it's an opportunity for them to really be doing that. But I think the biggest thing was maturity. Can they handle the money that they get in? I think you know, with athletic success, if you're deserving of the money, then you're going to get it. And there are some collegiate athletes that have just as much maturity as players who've been in the NFL for five years. Now, I'm not, you know, stereotyping any NFL players at all. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that just because you're 18 to 19 years old doesn't mean you can't be mature enough to have the money. So now that this is happening, I think there has to be some sort of financial advisors or maybe something for some of those players who maybe didn't really have that much experience with handling money. And finally, Justin, it is time for our rundown. So as I said in the intro today, we're looking at the AFC North. Every single game, every single outcome, we have the Baltimore Ravens, Pittsburgh Steelers, Cincinnati Bengals, and the Cleveland Browns. Starting at the top, we have the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson could be worried about the Madden curse as he is on the Madden 21 cover, but we'll see exactly how much that may affect him. Let's see how the Baltimore Ravens defending division champs do this season. Week number one, they have their home opener against division rival, the Cleveland Browns. It's a very good electric game. I think both teams play very well. However, the Baltimore Ravens squeak away with the win, and then they go on the road to play the Houston Texans. Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson having a battle, another really close high-scoring game, and the Ravens get another win. They come back home to play another tough team in the Kansas City Chiefs, and this time their luck runs out. The Chiefs walk away with the win. The Ravens fall to 2-1. and one. 
Then they go on the road for the second time in four weeks to play the Redskins. Reminder, they played each other week four of the preseason. So the Ravens, familiar with FedEx, comes in and beats the Redskins. Then they come back home to play the Cincinnati Bengals. They beat Joe Burrow and the inexperienced Bengals. Then they go on the road to play the now Brandon Brookless Philadelphia Eagles, and I think the Ravens walk away with a win here. They come back home to play the Pittsburgh Steelers, one of the biggest division rivalries in the NFL, and the Ravens will win this one, and this is a lower-scoring game. Steelers almost win on a last-second missed field goal. The Ravens go into their bye week 7-1 and one off their bye week to travel to Indianapolis to play the Colts, where they get a well-deserved win over them. So pretty good right now. Starting the season 8-1, and one, they go on the road to Foxborough. Huge game against the Patriots. And the Ravens' luck runs out. They lose to the Patriots in this one. Come back home to play the Titans. And they lose this one to a pretty good Titans team. Keeping the losing streak going, they lose on the road the next week to the Pittsburgh Steelers. They do not sweep the Steelers. They very rarely ever do. They split the division, so they've lost the last three games before they come back home to play another really good team in the Dallas Cowboys, but the Ravens will finally win this game and break their three-game losing streak. They travel on the road where they sweep the Browns, getting the victory on the road there, come back home where they play two very easy teams at home, the Jaguars and the Giants back-to-back. They beat both teams there, and then week number 17, looking to seal this really good seeding in the playoffs, possibly a first-round bye against the Cincinnati Bengals on the road, but they cannot get it done, and the Ravens fall to 11-5. and Still a very good record, but will be enough to win the division. Yeah, I think with the Ravens, they're one of those teams where everybody is talking about how the Chiefs, they're obviously the best team in the AFC, if not the best team in the NFL, and the Ravens are one of those teams where I feel like they think that they can really compete with the Chiefs, but Again, like you said, they have a lot of these divisional games, which especially against the Steelers and even the Bengals, you know, at the end of the season, we've seen the Ravens lose to the Bengals at the end of the season before. So it's going to be interesting. But I think one thing that's really going to separate the Ravens from other teams is that they can win those easy games, unlike, you know, that game against the Bengals that you said, but they can win those games like the Jaguars, the Browns and the Giants at the end of the season to really separate themselves from other teams. And I think that's really what's going to, get them maybe the division, um, but at least get them in the playoffs come the end of the season. Let's see how Lamar Jackson and that star-studded offense for the Ravens do come in the 2020 season. Here we go, starting off at home against the Cleveland Browns, looking to come off a really bad season and come back and maybe get a playoff berth, but they do not get the win in this game. The Ravens beating the Browns in the home opener. Then they travel to Houston and play the Texans. They get the win there starting a season 2-0. and oh. And then they come back home to play the Kansas City Chiefs. Can't get it done there. Then going to Washington, as you said, they played each other in the preseason. So they have experience. And Lamar Jackson runs all over that defense. And they get the win there. And then they go and they play the Bengals and they get the win there, going against the Eagles right after that, getting the win. And then come home playing another team in Pennsylvania and they will get the win barely against the Steelers and they are now 6-1 and one at the bye. Then they got a couple of away games. And this is really what's going to be a tough stretch because you're playing the Colts, Patriots, Titans, Steelers, and Cowboys all in a row. So this is going to be a really tough stretch for the Ravens. Let's see how they do after their bye. So then they go, they play the Indianapolis Colts, and Phillip Rivers and the Colts stun 
the Ravens right after their bye, and the Patriots do the same. So the Ravens drop two games in a row, need a crucial win against the Titans, and they get it. Then we have the Thanksgiving game, Thanksgiving night, the Steelers at home against the Ravens, and the Steelers get their revenge. And then the Ravens come back home after a tough loss against the Steelers and get a really good win against the Cowboys. And then they go on the road against Cleveland. We've seen Cleveland upset the Ravens before, so I'm going to say they do it here. So right now, five losses on the year. They need to get on a really good win streak to end the year and possibly win this division. And they do, beating the Jaguars, the Giants, and the Bengals to end the season at 11-5. and five. Moving on down the list, next up we had the Cincinnati Bengals last year. They were the number one overall pick, worst team in the NFL, drafted their franchise quarterback, a couple other really good picks, great offseason. How will it help them coming into this season with a decently easy schedule? So let's see how they do. Week number one, home opener against the Los Angeles Chargers, Tyrod Taylor, or Justin Herbert. We don't know which one will be starring for the Chargers. Joe Burrow will definitely be under center for the Cincinnati Bengals. And the Bengals will walk away with Joe Burrow's first NFL career win, beating the Chargers, and they move on the season 1-0. and They travel on the road to play Joe Burrow's first ever divisional game against Cleveland, and they lose to the Browns in this one. Then they go on the road the second week in a row to Philadelphia, a tough place to play. Joe Burrow and the Bengals do not get it done, and they fall to 1-2. and A.J. Green's playing pretty good, comes week four, and he continues it as he rolls over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Huge game for him, and the Bengals move to 2-2, two and two, beating the Jaguars in week four. They go on the road to play Baltimore in week five. They lose that one, go on the road week six to play the Colts, where they lose that one as well. Two tough games in a row. They come back home to play the Browns, where they get their revenge over the Cleveland Browns, and they split the division with them, moving on to 3-4 and four on the year. Stand at home, they play the Tennessee Titans the following week, and they lose to the tough Titans unit, and they go into the bye week at 3-5. and five. Already right around their win total of a year ago, they travel on the road after the bye week to play the Pittsburgh Steelers, where they lose on that one. Then they go on the road the second week in a row, where they get a little bit of a win streak going on here. They beat the Washington Redskins in Washington, come back home where they beat the Giants, go on the road where they beat the Dolphins. So three pretty lower caliber teams, and the Bengals did all three wins. So very crucial for them. They're actually looking like they may steal a playoff spot. They come back home to play the Dallas Cowboys. They lose to them in that one. Stand at home to play the Steelers, two tough teams in a row where they beat the Steelers in that one. Then they travel on the road to Houston. They have a loss, a win, and now they have another loss against the Texans. Deshaun Watson beats the Bengals in that one. And then week 17, they're just looking to break even, you know, possibly maybe get that seventh seed with a win here. And they do beat the Baltimore Ravens. However, they do not get the tiebreaker, don't make the playoffs. But an 8-8 eight eight season after what happened a year ago is a very good start for the Cincinnati Bengals rebuilding unit. I can definitely see that. I think a lot of what it comes down to is injuries. I mean, we saw A.J. Green get hurt last year. We saw John Ross get hurt last year and a couple other players get hurt. And you also really want to think about how that run game and how Joe Burrow is going to be protected. They didn't really do that much to really secure that offensive line this offseason. So that's really what's going to be interesting for them and they did get some secondary help in free agency for that defense so that defense may look pretty good too but this AFC North is tough it's going to be really tough to win some of those battles even if like the Ravens are really good and the Bengals are really bad those are still going to be really good matchups as we've seen in years past so it's gonna be interesting to see how the Bengals do in the 2020 season and let's see right now how they do for me here in the 2020 season 
start at home playing the Chargers. Who will be the starting quarterback? We don't really know right now, but it's going to be interesting to see. And right now, they are going to lose to the Chargers as the Chargers start out well, as you saw in the AFC West standings that we went through a couple weeks ago. And then they travel to Cleveland and get a win there to get their first win of the season. Joe Burrow, first win under his belt. Let's see if he can get more this season. Then they travel to Philadelphia, play the Eagles, and the Eagles get the win there. But then the Bengals get back at 500 here at home against the Jaguars, and they get the win there. And then they go on a little bit of a losing streak here as they lose to the Ravens in Baltimore, then the Colts in Indianapolis, and then the Browns get their revenge here. And then right here is where the Bengals go on a little bit of a win streak against some pretty decent teams. They Right before their bye, they play the Titans, and they get the surprising win. Burrow, probably his most impressive win of the year, gets the win there. And the Bengals are 3-5 and five at the bye. And then they continue their success right after the bye, travel to Pittsburgh and get the win in Pittsburgh, and then travel to Washington and get the win against the Redskins. But then Joe Burrow and the Bengals get a slump for the rest of the year as they lose against the Giants at home. And then they travel to Miami and get a loss there. Then they have a really tough stretch towards the end of the season, losing to the Cowboys at home, the Steelers at home, traveling to Houston and losing, and then finally losing at home at the end of the season to the Baltimore Ravens getting swept by the Ravens and going 5-11 and 11 this season. I just don't know if the Bengals can really get some of these wins against some of the not-as-tough opponents like the Ravens can. But again, it's the NFL. Anything can happen. This is just predictions, so let's see what happens. Moving on, we have the Cleveland Browns, a team everyone is hyped about every single season, and every single season they disappoint. However, now with the seventh seed in question, can the Browns seal the first ever seventh seed playoff spot, or can they maybe do better, or will they do what everyone expects them to do and be mediocre again and miss it all together? Let's find out how the Cleveland Browns do week number one. You already know they lose on the road to the Ravens. They come back home, or you already know they beat the Bengals. So starting off the season one and one, staying home to play the Washington Redskins, and the Browns beat the Redskins. They go on the road to play the Dallas Cowboys. They lose to the Cowboys in that one. Dallas is a pretty good unit. The Browns can't get it done. Come back home to play the Indianapolis Colts, and they win a hard-fought battle there. Colts have a pretty good unit. However, the Browns get it done. They go on the road to play the Pittsburgh Steelers, where they lose in that one. Then they travel on the road to play the Bengals for the second time already this season, and they split the division with the Bengals, losing in that one. They come back home to play the Las Vegas Raiders right before the bye week, and they get the win going into the bye week 4-4. Four and four, So doing what everyone pretty much expects, you know, very mediocre. They stay at home the following week to play the Houston Texans, and they get the win their third home game in a row with the bye week in the midst. They beat the Philadelphia Eagles, and then they win their fourth game in a row on the road in Jacksonville to beat the Jaguars. So pretty good win streak going on here. Looking good for them. They travel on the road to Tennessee, and the win streak ends. They lose to the Titans, then they lose to the Ravens at home. And then you have two pretty easy games coming up. You have two losses in a row. You have the Giants and the Jets. You go to MetLife twice in a row, and the Browns lose both of them. MetLife gets the best of them. The Giants beat them. The Jets beat them. The Browns lose the games. They should win. They could have made a playoff spot, and they messed it up. Then Week 17, Pittsburgh Steelers, their last chance to do something good, and they end the season with a win over the Steelers, and the Browns finish the season as a predictable 8-8. Eight and eight. 
I think it's interesting that you have the Browns losing both of those games against the Giants and the Jets, but those are pretty Browns games to really mess up. And also interesting that you only have the Browns winning one game on the road and then going 7-1 and one at home, which is very interesting. I mean, usually every year we have one team that's really good at home and then loses a bunch of games on the road as well. Usually you don't have a team that loses almost all their games on the road, but then wins all, almost all of their games at home. So it's going to be interesting. I would see the Browns going 8-8 eight and eight though. So let's see how the Browns, we went over the Bengals. So let's go to the other team in Ohio and let's see how the Browns do in 2020. Starting off, traveling to Baltimore, said earlier, the Ravens get the win. And then the battle for Ohio at home against the Bengals. They don't get it done. And the Bengals win that game. Browns starting the season 0-2. But then travel back home. And they get the win against the Redskins. First win of the season for Baker Mayfield and that squad. Then they travel to Dallas and lose that game starting the season 1-3. and three. But then they go on a little bit of a win streak here. Winning against the Colts at home. And then traveling to Pittsburgh and Cincinnati and getting two wins in a row, two crucial wins. But then coming back home against the Raiders and Derek Carr and the Raiders get the best of the Browns. And the Browns, just like you, are 4-4 four and four at the bye. And then after the bye, you stay at home playing the Houston Texans and they get the loss here. And then the Browns stay at home playing the Eagles, get a win here, then go on the road against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Again, for both of us, one of the worst teams in the NFL, and the Browns get it done there. Then they travel to Tennessee and play the Tennessee Titans and lose there. But then they come back home, play the Ravens, and get a huge win right towards the end of the season. So they got three games left. They have to win all three of these games to make the playoffs. Let's see what they can do. Again, traveling to the MetLife Stadium two weeks in a row. And two weeks in a row, just like you, Brandon, the Browns are going to lose. So the Browns at this point are 7-8. and eight. They Just like you, they have to keep their season alive and win this game against the Steelers at home, and they cannot get it done. And the Browns go 7-9 and nine to end their 2020 season. And finally, rounding off the AFC completely, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers. How will they do? A lot of people are not thinking very highly of them. The big question is, can Big Ben play a full season? And if he goes down, what are they going to do? do a quarterback will juju play well will james connor play well another two big question marks let's see how the pittsburgh steelers end up doing week number one traveling on the road to metlife to play the new york giants and they start the season off on the right side of the wing column beating the giants before coming back home to play a pretty good denver broncos team and they beat this pretty good Denver Broncos team moving 2-0 and on the season. They play the Houston Texans at home the following week and just can't get it done. It's a very close game, and the Texans walk away with the win. And then the Steelers go on the road to play the Tennessee Titans, another AFC South opponent, and they lose to their second AFC South opponent in a row. And then they come back home to play the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles are pretty decent unit at this point of the season, but the Steelers get it done. They beat the Eagles in this one. They stay at home to play the Cleveland Browns where they get their first divisional win on the season. Then they go on the road to play the divisional rivals, the Baltimore Ravens, and they lose on the road in Baltimore. Tough place to play, tough division game. And they go into the bye week at a pretty decent four and three. 
After the bye week, they go back on the road to play the Dallas Cowboys. The bye week doesn't do them a lot of good, and they lose to the Cowboys in that one. Cowboys did to go into their bye week on the right side of the win column. Steelers stay in the home to play the Cincinnati Bengals. They get the win against the Bengals in that one. Go on the road to play the Jaguars. An easy win there. They won the game that they should have won, so good for them. That proves that they're a pretty decent unit. They go back home to play the Baltimore Ravens, another divisional game. You can never say which way this one's going to go at any given season. I have them splitting the division. Both teams went at home. The Steelers beat the Ravens there. Staying at home to play the Washington Redskins, a nice little downgrade from the Ravens, and they beat the Redskins in that one before traveling on the road to play a very tough Buffalo Bills unit, and the Steelers do not get the win there. They lose to the Bills, go on the road the second week in a row to play the Cincinnati Bengals, and they lose in that one as well. Come back home to play a pretty decent Colts unit, and the Steelers win that game, moving up to 9-6 and six on the season, looking to f- seal Pretty decent playoff spot against the Cleveland Browns, Week 17, and they don't get it done as they lose to the Browns and fall to 9-7 and seven on the season. But it is good enough to get them into the playoffs. So, yeah, I find it really interesting, Brandon, that you have the Steelers that's similar to the Browns. The Browns you had going 1-7 and seven on the road, and you have the Steelers going 2-6 and six on the road, which will be very interesting for them as they are going to be, according to you, a playoff team that is going to go on the road for most of the playoffs. So it'll be interesting to see how they do in the playoffs. And then the biggest question mark really for the Steelers is can their star quarterback, Big Ben, stay healthy an entire season? I think that's really going to show whether the Steelers will be a good team or not. I think they have the defense to do well, but that offense is really a question mark, which is surprising because they've had a really good offense the past couple years, except for last season. So let's see how the Pittsburgh Steelers will do in 2020. They begin the season in MetLife Stadium against the New York Giants, get the win there. Then they come home for a couple of home games in a row, playing the Denver Broncos. And the Broncos get the surprising upset win with Drew Locke, proving that he could be the franchise quarterback for the Broncos. And the Broncos get the win there. But then the Steelers stay at home, get a big win against Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans, start the season 2-1. and one. But beginning of the season success, that is where it stops for the Steelers as they go on a little bit of a losing streak here, losing to the Titans and Tennessee, then coming home, playing the Philadelphia Eagles. This is a trap game, a battle for Pennsylvania, and the Steelers cannot get it done. Eagles get the win. Then two really big division games in a row at home against the Browns. Browns get the upset win. And then the Steelers travel to Baltimore. Like you said, it's going to be a really close game. Steelers will probably have a chance at the end of the game to win it. But that Ravens defense will come up big right before the bye, and the Ravens will get the win. And the Steelers starting the season off really rough here at 2-5. and five, But right after their bye, you have Mike Tomlin. Big Ben is still healthy. You have a veteran coach in Mike Tomlin and a veteran quarterback who's still healthy. I think right here, this is where we're going to see the Steelers go off. They start traveling to Dallas against the Cowboys, and they get a big staple win right after their bye. But then they come back home against the Bengals, and they lose. And a lot of fans now really suspect to whether the Steelers can really make the playoffs. But this is where the Steelers prove everyone wrong as they go on a huge win streak to end the season. They go to Jacksonville, play the Jaguars, get the big win there, closer than a lot of people will think it is, but the Steelers still get the win. Then they got a couple of home games in a row, playing the Ravens on Thanksgiving, get the win there on a game-winning pick six against Lamar Jackson. 
Then they stay at home playing the Washington Redskins, get a big win there. Steelers defense really attributing that win there. Then they go on the road for a couple of games playing some teams that start with B, the Bills and the Bengals, and they win both of those games. The Bills game, really a defensive battle like we saw last year, but with Big Ben, the Steelers get it done there. And then getting revenge against the Bengals, getting a win in Cincinnati. Then you end the season against two decent teams at this point in the Indianapolis Colts and the Cleveland Browns to get it done at home against the Colts and then end the season with a big win against the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland and the Steelers end the season on a seven game winning streak ending the season 10 and 6. 10 and 6 is pretty presumptive for the Pittsburgh Steelers but I have them a lot better than I thought I would have them eventually. This is a pretty decent unit and if this team can stay healthy this is a playoff caliber team. They have a really good head coach that's no question so I'm really interested to see the Pittsburgh Steelers throughout this season. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you all very much for listening. That's all we got for you here today. Please join us next week as we finish the NFL with the NFC North, the Green Bay Packers, the Detroit Lions, the Minnesota Vikings, and the Chicago Bears. How will they finish? How will they do? Tune in next week as we finish the rundown series, and then the week after that, we'll give you our complete playoff bracket. As always, thank you very much for listening. And stay purple. This has been Beyond the Blitz.